Welcome back to the Double Say Sports Podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020, and it is week one of the NFL season. That's right, the NFL season starts on Thursday, and I've got a recap for you with my friend Patrick Hefner joining us. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for having me in the coast. Love being on here. Big fan of the show. Really excited. No, we had to have you on at some point, and here you are. You're going to be joining us a lot over the next couple of months. You're going to be doing a lot of the NFL previews and recaps for week. Yeah, shows. fortunately or unfortunately, I'll, I'll be here. So. Yeah, I'm sure the fans aren't going to like you because I don't like you myself. Yeah, no, I get that, and that's fine. I'm just, yeah, but like, fine. they don't need to, you know. Yeah, exactly. You got to shut the haters out and keep on moving. But uh, yeah, this Thursday night, it's going to be a pretty decent game. It's on NBC. Uh, they're taking this week's Thursday night game, and it's going to be the Texans versus the Chiefs out in Kansas City. And Arrowhead is actually going to have some fans out there. They're going to be at 22% capacity with 16,000. These teams faced off twice last year, once in the regular season and once in the playoffs. Texans yeah. won in the regular season uh, in week six by a score of 31 to 24. And through the first 20 minutes of the divisional round, it looked like they were going to do the exact same. They went up 24 nothing against Kansas City. But after that, it was all Chiefs, and Chiefs ended up winning the divisional round 51-31 to in what was a very disappointing game for the Texans. Um, and we all know those Chiefs went on to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah real tough second half um, for the Texans. Um, really starting about the seven-minute mark at that second quarter, things just started to fall apart for them. Yeah. Um, as far as predictions go for me, uh, it's always tough to bet against Super Bowl champs the first game back. Uh, they're always real fired up. Uh, that being said, the betting odds, uh, Kansas City minus nine, that's a whole lot of points to give. I'd take it the Chiefs to win points. the game. Um, but if I had to put a bet down on the game, I, I'd probably lean with Deshaun Watson and the Texans. So it's a lot of talent to, to go out there and beat them by, by 10 points. You know, With the spread you're saying, you would take the Texans? Yeah, if you give them nine, I think I think they can keep it within nine, you know, because they, they did kind of get embarrassed last year in the playoffs, so they've got something to play for, so. Yeah, but now they're going to be without D-Hop. It's going to be the first game, Watson's first career game without his number one guy out there. Is that, is that has Hopkins never missed a, a game? Is that true? I don't believe so. I was, I was looking up before, before the show, and I think that every game yeah. that, uh, that Watson has appeared in, D-Hop has also appeared in. Hmm, that's pretty crazy. I, I thought it shows the longevity of D Hop. I feel like he was always questionable, but I guess I guess he does always end up playing. I mean, Brandon Cooks is nothing to scoff at. Um, I know he's questionable. He's got that quad thing going on, but if he's out there playing, you got to figure he will. Uh, yeah, he yeah, he'll definitely make a big impact. Between him and Will Fuller, you know that, that's still an above-average receiving core for Sean Watson. I think the bigger concern ought to be how that O-line's looking. I'm not sure if they made – they didn't really address it at all outside of the draft. Yeah, it wasn't much going on I during they, the offseason. season. tackle in the first round. Um, so, I'm not sure – I'm not sure how that'll go. I don't know. I think it's reliant on um, if Kelsey plays. Uh, I think that the, the Chiefs will cover. He had a knee injury come up uh, over the past week or so. But it, it does sound like he should be playing. I think if he's playing, I, I would give it – 27 to 17 Chiefs, uh, that would massively go under the uh, over under, which is a 54 and yeah, a half. I was gonna say, that's kind of a low scoring game there. I'm not sure if you're aware of the Chiefs, they still don't have a defense. It is, it is, you're right. But I, I, I don't know, it's, it's the first week, 
teams sometimes just take a little while to warm up out of the gate, especially during the COVID season when training camp has been severely limited. Uh, a lot of players like the Chiefs have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as their lead back, and he's going to be learning a whole new playbook and doesn't have as much time as he usually does. So all these guys, either people that have come over, like Brandon Cooks just came over this offseason, he's got the playbook to learn. He might not be the number one guy right now. A few weeks down the line he might be, but right now I don't think he will be because he's got to learn the playbook, and he's dealing with that sore quad. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Clyde Edwards Lair. So I was in a I was in a fantasy draft for my family uh last night, right? And uh mm-hmm. at the tenth pick, first overall pick, um, my cousin in law went ahead and took Clyde Edwards Hilaire. At the first overall pick? Yeah, first overall pick. I'm staying away from top eight. I would probably stay away from like top fifteen. He wasn't particularly impressive at that too. I don't know if you ever watched him. Uh, or how much you watched LSU last year. but Auburn fan, so SEC, I watched a decent amount. Yeah, so the announcers, whenever you're watching an LSU game, they would always be hyping up everybody else on the field, right? You know, Joe Burrow, just one of the top prospects in the nation mm-hmm. in the past, you know, three decades or whatever. Since yeah, the number one pick consensus in the draft this year. Right, all the linemen, just huge, great, you know, big bodies. Exactly what you're looking for. NFL prototypes. Same with the wide receivers. Good 40 times, defensive backs, all that. And then whenever they talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it wouldn't be like, ah, oh, he's got breakaway speed or, man, really shifty. It was just like, ah, oh, man, he really beat all the odds. And he, he falls forward. You know, he'll get you six, mm-hmm. six, seven yards, good chunk yardage. So I wasn't particularly impressed with him at LSU. And I've watched probably four to five games of his. And I was thinking, this guy, I mean, he's good. He's solid. You know, maybe he'll be a, a good RB1, but top running back, top player in the league. That seems very far-fetched to me. Definitely not better than McCaffrey. I wouldn't take him anywhere near. Oh, no, not at all. And he's in an offense that passes the ball almost as often as any other team in the league or more than any other team in the league for the most part. So he's not in a great situation, I don't think. I wouldn't understand putting him that highly. Although I I do hope for the best for him. I've got nothing against him. Yeah, I've got nothing against him personally. You know, I've, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Those LSU guys, I think they have a bad history, especially with what's coming out for OBJ. Do we get to talk about that at some point? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll touch upon it when we get to the, the Browns to part the Browns? of the podcast. But, um, I, that was the biggest story. That was know, the biggest story. I woke up today. this morning at like uh, at like 11.30, and I saw that on my phone. I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, what are the odds? Yeah, the guy had um, – the guy had models. Yeah, yeah well, we won't we won't get into it. We'll get it. We'll get into it when we get to the Browns. You actually but, uh, even give a pick, Justin. I want to call you out on that, but you haven't actually given a pick. Officially. Oh no, I, I said I said if Kelsey plays twenty seven seventeen, Chiefs. Okay, what if Kelsey doesn't play? If Kelsey doesn't play, um, I still give the Chiefs uh, the advantage. Might be closer to like twenty four twenty one though. It'll be it'll be a much closer game. Um. Yeah, I'd say 24, 20, 24, 21. Okay. All right. I'll take uh 31, 27 Chiefs. I think they'll they'll start off hot. Uh, once again, it's just their first game back after winning the Super Bowl. They'll definitely be feeling it. I do expect mm-hmm. a little bit of over the the entirety of the season them to to regress a little. But week one, teams typically start off pretty hot. They love they love scoring the football, so I think they'll they'll get up there and the, on the scoreboard. If the Texans want to well, keep it close. They're gonna have to do the same. 
We'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see, just because there was no preseason and and the the training camp is really slow. So it might be a pretty sloppy game, at least the first half. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. expecting. But uh, let's move on to to the second game of the week, and this involves your Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, huge Seahawks great. fan. They're kicking off at one o'clock on Fox, and they're not going to be having any fans, but they'll be going against the Atlanta Falcons out in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Man, you're really familiar with the Superdome. It's actually, it, you know, so it's actually not the Superdome. So that's in New Orleans. Is Mercedes okay, well, Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz dome. It's a dome. Stadium. It's a stadium. That's all that matters. It's, a, it's retractable top to okay. the stadium. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was supposed to go to this game. Um, but they're not having fans. That's unfortunate. Uh, I actually follow. Uh, I'm friends with the Falcons owner's son. That's sick. Um, and, you know, keep politics out of it. But he's very, uh, very liberal. Um, so you, the son or the owner? Both of them. Both of them. Um, so you can you can figure where he stands with coronavirus and all that. And having stuff. yeah, and having fans and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know that that aside, you know fans or no fans, it, it it doesn't really matter for this game. The Falcons fans, they're about as lackluster as they come. They they won't get up. Not not as, as, not as bad as not as bad as the Chargers fans. I yeah, I mean because they're there, they're there. They just yeah. don't care at all. Um. Chargers, they just don't have fans. Falcons, yeah, they yeah. have fans. They just don't really. Well, you're from fans. Atlanta. If anyone knows it, you, you'd know it. I mean, you worked in the parking garage. I was in the parking garage. The Braves, the, the Braves have fantastic fans. The Falcons don't, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, just because they're my they're my guys, and the, they're much on paper, they're just a lot more talented than the Falcons. Um, the Hawks. Yeah, they are, and you know, I, I'm going to say that they've only gotten better this offseason. I think the O-line's upgraded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough not to be upgraded when you're as crappy as they were last year, um, but they are upgraded. DK Metcalf gets another year trying to, you know, get his chemistry down with Russell Wilson. Got to expect pretty big things out of him. You add a, a Greg Olson, more importantly, you add back a healthy Will Disley, who is kind of an unsung yeah, I remember. I remember. I had him in fantasy for like two or three weeks last year. Yeah, and he was looking like he was going to be a great tight end option. You know, top five in the league, and then he just went out there and he got hurt. It was an Achilles, right? Yeah, blew out his Achilles, and then the year before he hurt his knee. So he's he's had two good starts of the year, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seahawks, the tight end room for the Seahawks this year, it's got to be right up there with the Ravens for, for the best tight end room. Yeah, in, yeah, in I still give the upper hand to the Ravens, but it's up there. Yeah, right, but, you know, Greg Olson, Will Bisley, and then even Jacob Hollister, uh, that's, a, that's a tough trio. So even even if they have an injury or two, they're going to have a pretty serviceable tight end out there. A uh, lot of weapons for Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of talk about Brian Schottenheimer open up and, opening up that offense. Uh, I'd take the Seahawks. Um, wouldn't take them on the over. Uh, Seahawks notorious for starting slow, uh, both in the first half of the game and the first half of the season. No preseason might actually hurt them, but who's to say? Pete Carroll used to be a, a head coach back in uh, back at USC, and they did the same stuff with no preseason, so he, he's kind of mm-hmm. used to this. But I'd say Seahawks 23, Falcons 20. Be a close game down to the wire, closer than it should be. I don't think the Falcons are going to be particularly too good this year. Really, you don't think with with Gurley and with Matt Ryan healthy? I mean, Matt Ryan missed a couple games last year. I don't think Gurley's uh, he just doesn't move good anymore. Um, it's another guy I've I've watched more than I'd like to say. And, and you know, I seen Gurley back when 
the Rams were starting to come put everything together when they won the NFC West back-to-back years. And to watch that girly who could score four touchdowns in century link field, you know, when they're routing the Seahawks 45 to seven, as opposed to the girly that McVay's benching, uh, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't move quick. He looks like he's hurt out there. Um, so I, I don't think that's a huge addition. It is a good storyline. Uh, it is. The guy went to UGA, uh, grew up down there. So, so he's back at home, but he's, he just doesn't move good. His knees are hurt. Well, I think that if there's a place that he'll do the best in, it's going to be in Atlanta because the biggest thing is, is his knees, like you had brought up. And Atlanta last year passed the ball the most amount of the time of anyone – or last year. Uh, they passed the ball even more than the Chiefs. And if Gurley can lay off, you know, getting drilled and just grinding – out rushes uh, back to back to back the entire game and give his knees a bit of a rest maybe he'll be able to be more consistent and not have such an up and down year like he had last year yeah maybe return to form a little I remember a little bit. he's a nice guy um and he's off the rams so I, I'm rooting for him but uh I'll take Seahawks in a close one 23 to 20 what about you and that that's um yeah, the under over under is forty eight point five. I think I think it'll be under that. Um, Seahawks are one and a half point favorites, and I'll take the Seahawks covering. I think it's going to be right around where you had said twenty four twenty one is going to be my prediction. It'll be a good, close, hard fought out game. Um, but yeah, twenty four twenty one is going to be my pick. Uh, look at that. We're we're on the same exact page. We are on the same page. Uh, maybe it's just because you've kind of soiled me with your Seahawks. Uh, I've educated you. You're welcome. You've, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it educating me. I, I'd call it brainwashing. I would go. Educate would be the word I would use. You, you didn't say. What are your thoughts on Jamal Adams? You think? I don't. I don't want to talk about it. Ah, I, oh, I. I wasn't even trying to make a joke, but yeah. So. No, no, yeah, no. Well, because I mean, we had a whole podcast on him being, uh, you know, getting moved and everything. I think that he'll be a great guy uh, to fit in Seattle. He provides him such versatility in the secondary. I mean, he can play in the linebacking core a bit if he needs to also. Um, and it, they're clearly in a win-now mentality. And it, the pickup of Jamal Adams only adds to a team that's so talented on both the offensive and defensive end of the ball. Um, yeah. They could have used a little help in, this, in the safety department, and he completely added to it. The, I, think, I think they'll miss Clowney a bit, though. Definitely, I agree with that. Um, they really, they don't have a guy at that level. They, they've got, I mean, Jerron Reed's nothing. To, he, he's a Pro Bowl kind of talent. Uh, they don't have a real true edge rusher. Um, but I, I think Jamal Adams helps cover enough holes, and I think he did that for the Jets defense last year too. Yeah, he did. You know, they, they weren't the best defense top down, but when you have a, you know, a well, the Jets were also riddled with injuries on a defensive end too. That's partially why. I mean, he yeah, stepped you up when he needs to. Whatever excuses you want, but um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just think he covers a lot of holes. Where it, if somebody makes a mistake, Jamal Adams has the speed and the range and you know the physicality to kind of cover that, and he can take the ball away. So he he makes defenses look a whole lot better than they actually are. The same kind of player that Clowney is, mm-hmm. um, where he can kind of play out of a system and, and just be a real game breaker. So mm-hmm. real excited to see him get out there. Yeah, well, speaking of 
Jamal Adams. The next game on tap is also at 1 o'clock, and it features his former team, the New York Jets. And they'll travel up to Buffalo, where there aren't going to be any fans. And the Jets and Bills split two games last year. Uh, the Bills won in week one when the Jets blew a 16-0 lead. The Bills scored 17 unanswered in the last 20 minutes. And the Jets missed both a field goal and PAT that game. And I remember how pissed off I was watching that game. Because if they just made an extra point or a field goal, it would have been a whole different story. Um, and then the Jets won by seven points in a just bad, just messy 13-6 Week 17 game. Um, I don't even count that as a win for the Jets because the Bills were resting all their starters since they were already in the playoffs. Yeah, and it hurt uh, draft possession, did not. Yeah, it did hurt our draft position because yeah. we were 12th. I think we would have been like 7th or 8th prior to that, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere nice. like that. You love to see that. Mm-hmm. But what I want to find the most interesting uh, storyline from this game is I wonder if Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen will bl- uh, blend because they already have kind of the deeper threat in John Brown. I know John Brown is more of the of – the, one-dimensional deeper guy and and Diggs can do both deep and mid routes but it'll be interesting to see both how Diggs blends with John Brown on the offense and how he and Allen if they can have good chemistry because we know at times uh in Minnesota he and Kirk Cousins didn't have the best chemistry they sometimes were going at it uh that's the thing I'm gonna be looking most for in this game as a football fan as a Jets fan, I'm going to be looking to see if Sam Darnold can finally blossom this year and if Le'Veon Bell can have a Le'Veon Bell year with an improved offensive line. Yeah, gotcha, for sure. I mean, I think that's probably the most interesting thing. Uh, I'd put that right up there. I think even as a football fan, um, I'm a USC fan, so maybe I have some bias, but I think Sam Darnold is somebody that maybe a lot of NFL fans don't know about, but he mm-hmm. might be the most talented QB, um, young QB in the league. I mean, that guy coming out of college looks as close to Aaron Rodgers as anybody has. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, some of the throws he can make across his body, uh, going back, back foot. He, he's got a heck of an arm. Uh, he moves pretty good. It's also, I th- if you know his career record, he's, he's like 10 and 13 career record on a Jets team that hasn't done the best job of putting talent around him. Especially on the offensive line. The offensive line was abysmal during his first two years. Yeah, and, and Le'Veon Bell didn't give him the sort of, you know, uh, support that I think that a lot of Jets fans in the Jets front office was looking for last year. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if they can figure everything out. Um, the spread on it, six and a half for the Bills, which is a little disrespectful to the Jets. Uh, I don't think the Jets go up to Buffalo and win that game, uh, but I certainly think they keep it close. Should be another defensive battle. Uh I'd go 20 to 14 Bills win it. Um, to answer your question about Diggs and Allen, I think Diggs is going to start to, you know, be more of a sort of Deshaun Jackson kind of player where he's real hit or miss because that's how that offense is. You know, the Vikings, they're more a high-powered offense. They were always putting up points on the board. Yeah. The Bills get smothered a lot, and they like to make games dirty and ground and pound it. Yeah, I'm they're more sure gritty style of play. enjoy that, but uh, – but we'll see because the only time that he ever really was a locker room issue was that last season. He was good for the first four years. Um, so hopefully they can figure it out up there in Buffalo. But uh, if not, Diggs will be going elsewhere. There's always a market for talented, diva wide receivers. I don't know. Now, something 
I find interesting is that we talk about how the Jets improved not just their line, but their receiving core. They, they brought in Denzel Mims and Brashad Perryman as the two main guys. But both those guys right now, are, uh, as of recording this on Tuesday night, they're questionable. Uh, Perryman has a knee injury and Mims has a hamstring injury. So you don't want to, especially with Perryman uh, being the guy, I mean, especially with Mims being the guy that yeah. you just drafted and having a hamstring issue, you don't want to rush him back. My hope is they both play, but I think if one of them is going to play, it would be Perryman. If just one of those guys play, I think it will be close enough. As for the Jets covering the spread, six and a half is right at that point where, you know, it, it could go either way because a touchdown is a decent margin in football, but it's nothing crazy. And it's this would be a tough pick for me to get. If I were to be a bad man, I would probably stay away from this game. I would maybe pick the over-under. Um, the over-under is really low at 39. I think it's good enough because the Buffalo defense is, is good enough. And their offense and the Jets defense match up pretty well. I think that the under, it'll probably be the under. And I think 17, I think... Man, Vegas did a great job. It's here. tough. It's they tough did a to say. Fantastic job here. <laughs> I think. I think. I think the Buffalo Bills won't cover. I think the Jets will uh, actually cover, and it'll it'll be seventeen fourteen. But it, it'll be close. The, the Jets could be one just misplay away from not covering because we know that's how the Jets always are. But seventeen uh, fourteen will be my pick. But I'm not comfortable picking either bet in this game, honestly. I agree with that, and they're they're both real hit or miss teams. Um, Something interesting, Bills went out and added Josh Norman this offseason, play across from Tredavious White, uh, probably mm-hmm. the best cornerback duo in the league. Yes, especially um, when they're both on. Yeah, so you're talking about Brashad Perriman, Denzel Mims, real talented young receiving core for the Jets. Uh, Going to be a tough first game for those guys, though. It will be. It'll be pretty low scoring, but 39 is a weird under uh, over-under. So I would yeah, rather take – if I were to take one in this game, I, uh, or the bets, I'd rather take the over-under, but I would stay away from both. Yeah, yep. So let's move on to the Bears-Lions, one of the better rivalries. Games. One of the bigger rivalries in the NFL. Um, last year, they played in Week 10 Week 12. The Bears won both those games, but that was with Matt Stafford injured. Uh, now he's back. That's going to be one of the bigger factors in this game. Um this is Trubisky's last chance to prove himself on the other side of the ball. But what I'll find the most interesting, aside from Safford coming back, is with the departure of Darius Slay, will Okuda impact the Lions secondary in a way more than, uh, more than Darius Slay did? I'm curious to see how he fits in with that scheme and just how well he projects after going in the top five of the draft this April. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you're talking about, you know, Mitch Trubisky. This is probably his last chance to prove himself the this year. Uh, I'd also Definitely say is. it's Matt Patricia's last chance to prove himself. You know, he's finally got all his guys in here. Um, Everyone's out, looking healthy. Got a few Patriots for that defense. And the defense on paper, I trust them. I believe in them. I think that defense can be new and improved. I think the Lions could sneak up and win that division. Um, Matthew Stafford's probably the most underrated quarterback in the league. Hundred percent agree. Um, that guy's—he's—he's he's a winner. Uh, he's—he's he's a real gamer. He's—he's—he's he's, he's tough, dude. Um, 
I think Jeff Okuda, I love big play Slay. I think Jeff Okuda is a better fit for that defense, especially when you add in the linebackers uh, that they went out and got, like Jamie Collins, as well as picking up Logan Ryan, a guy who's familiar with the system. Yeah, I just want to just double-check. Did you say Logan Ryan? Yeah, was it Logan Ryan who, who won? No, 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 no. Logan, Logan Ryan went to the Giants just the other day. Yeah, I meant Desmond Trufant. Not Logan Ryan, just to clarify. Not, yeah, not Logan Ryan. So a little yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. Disrespect to Logan Ryan, but Desmond Trufant's a little little better than a Logan Ryan. A little bit, but it's – it's I, I would put them in the same tier of, of cornerbacks, but Trufant is a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. He's the same kind of corner as Okuda, too. They're both man-to-man guys, so – yeah, they've definitely got a pretty solid secondary, and it's going to, at least this week, they're going to look pretty good against Trubisky. I don't feel bad at all for slandering Trubisky. I don't like him one bit. Um, one of the worst draft picks of all time. And Detroit is a three-point favorite, and I feel like we're going chalk with so many of these picks, but um, I, I think Detroit takes it pretty easily. I think they win by double digits. I'd give them a 28-17 to 17 victory here. Um, I, I don't really like the Bears here just because Dave uh, Montgomery's questionable with a groin injury. He might be out for the next couple of weeks, and your backup running back at that point is going to be Tariq Cohen, the guy that never has really been known for running the ball as a running back. He's more of a pass-catching back. Not every and, sure. and Yeah, not an every-down back. And then you've got – Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback, who's not been very reliable. He's going against a pair of pretty good cornerbacks, and I don't think they're going to keep it close. Matt Stafford is a fantastic quarterback, like we said. They're finally getting someone who, I mean, knock on wood, you, you never want to overhype these rookies, but DeAndre Swift, if he plays, uh, he has an undisclosed injury. He's questionable as for right now, but if he plays, he's looked like a solid back in college. Yeah. And they, they've finally got someone who hopefully can be reliable back because the last five years they've been terrible in the backfield. So I, mm-hmm. I think the Lions win this one handily. I wouldn't be surprised if it's by double digits. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I'd go 31 to 16 Lions. Uh, that covers the over. And uh, you know, if if there is a bet that I'd like to make, this would probably be the one for the week. Yeah, definitely. Three point three point favorite for the Lions is really close for two teams that I don't see being that close. On paper, or not on, the, on paper at least, room. and on or paper, at the quarterback least. position. But you know, it could be in a week time that the Bears go out and win that game, and we look real dumb, and we just we won't even. Yeah, if we if we look dumb like that, then 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 we look like a Skip Bayless. But yeah, yeah we'll Skip just Bayless. ignore it. We'll ignore it. I'll tell you that I always knew the Bears were a good team. Trubisky, yeah, yeah. I'll save this. Guy. I'll save this bite and then just re-upload the podcast <laughs> just this bite where you said the Bears are a good team. <laughs> yeah, the Bear, exactly. And I said it way back before week one that Trubisky's the guy. <laughs> he's going to win MVP, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's running away with that division. Which, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, I mean, I, not to take your segue, but I didn't realize that the NFC North, they're playing each other. Both, both, uh, All four teams are going up against each other this week. Packers-Vikings, that's a good game. Yeah, they are. That's going to be another good game. Both are going on in the 1 o'clock window as well. Um, the Packers, I don't know. I saw a power ranking this morning where they were in the top five, and I just oh, is it Prisco? I, I don't see it. The CBS Sports one, the one I sent oh, you. I hate Pete Prisco, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see them being a top five. I think they're a borderline top ten team at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings are my favorite to win the division, um, but they got swept last year. The 
Packers went out in week two and week 16 and took care of business in both. Although Dalvin Cook was injured in week 16. So it'll be interesting to see with, with Dalvin back um, if the Vikings can get revenge for getting swept last year. Um, but the other question is, how will Aaron Rodgers perform in Green Bay after they drafted Jordan Love? Because What a, what a shot to the nuts that is, yeah. It was a big shot to the nuts. We know he hasn't been the most welcoming to that. There, there are times where he just – he had publicly said he was upset about it. So I, I don't know real. if he'll take it personally, if he'll try and, you know, pull like a really petty Bill Belichick type of move. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does here. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I thought was real interesting, um, and, you know, I was talking – because I had told people that I was going to be on here, right? So I, I was talking to some of my buddies um, – I was talking about the Vikings because they were my favorite to win the NFC North. And I was like, you know, on paper, they've got a great, um, great team. And they started bringing up to me that maybe they've lost a few more guys than I realized. So, you know, I'll ask you, how, what do you think about them filling that Linval Joseph hole in the, in the middle of that defense? Do you think that's going to come into play here? Because I, I think you could see a big game from Aaron Jones for the Packers. Yeah, that's, that's kind of – that's a big issue right there. Um it's also going to be a bigger issue if Danielle Hunter, who also has an undisclosed thing, whatever it is, um, if he doesn't play, that's going to make it a bigger and issue. If um, Yannick Bay um, doesn't know that defense yet, he might be on a yeah, snap count. That's another thing. So that, that defensive line could get exposed pretty quickly, but the Vikings are, are a high-powered offense, and I think the key to the game is trying to get out in front of Early in the game, if they get a first half lead of 10, say 10 points, um, and they go into half with a 10 point lead, they can try and grind the clock out. It's, it's going to be a game where you rely a lot more on grinding the clock out than more yeah. so just outscoring your opponent. That's on both sides of the ball, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I think it's a real tight game. These teams always seem to play each other close. Um, I know week 16 last year, that was kind of – that's an asterisk of a game. Cause that well, Dalvin Cook was injured, so you can't really – Yeah, and they, they kind of they, – they really did handle the Vikings. But even in that game, um, it was a garbage time touchdown in the, in the fourth. I think it was four minutes left mm-hmm. or so to put the Packers up. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a close game, but it wasn't as bad as the score indicates. I'd say that uh, this one's going to be real tight. I'd take the Vikings to win a narrow one, uh, 24 to 23. Um, if I had a one-point game, really. Yeah, I could see, I could see it coming down to a field goal. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Vikings here, also. I, I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be as close. Um, I think it'll still be within a touchdown, but I think it'll be 27-21. I just like this Vikings offense so much more. And I'll be honest, I'm banking a bit more on them getting out to an early lead because they need to, like I said, run the clock out uh, and all that in the second half. But if I think the passing game is kind of the weaker part of the Packers team. And it's weird saying that when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, but aside from Devontae Adams, they don't have a strong receiving core. And the strength of this Vikings defense is – pass defense. I mean, even their two best linebackers, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, they're more of the kind of coverage linebackers, more so than a run-stopping linebacking core. And they've got a decent secondary. I mean, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith are two of the better safeties in the game. Um, 
their their cornerbacks are lacking a bit more, but they could still get the job done. So I think that as long as they get out to an earlier lead, they're in a big advantage, and that's what I'm banking on them doing. If they do that, I think they've got a, a good chance of winning. Um, but who knows? It, they, they easily could not do that, and I could be looking like a fool for the second pick in a row. Yeah, Bears, and that know. Bears pick that you got. Yeah, that Bears pick. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I think that, that'll definitely be a good one. Um, what's the next game we got on slate? A lot of one o'clock games. I feel like more yeah, so it is. Than usual, I right? think there's seven or eight, and there's only three four o'clock games, which kind of irritates me. I'm a big fan of watching red zone during the later part of the day, and yeah. only three games. It's but uh, yeah, the next long. game is a Dolphins Patriots matchup in Foxborough, and it's gonna be going on without fans. And the biggest storyline is the one that's on everyone's head is ready out, Cam Newton is in. How will Bilicek adjust his offensive scheme to fit Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton and Tom Brady are like night and day when you're talking about sport, uh, talking about quarterback styles of play. Tom Brady's a definition of a pocket passer. Cam Newton is was one of the better-known scramblers just a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. He's finally healthy, and I think that he could still be fantastic when he's healthy, but he doesn't really have a great receiving core around him either. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Belichick changed his scheme. Is he going to have Cam Newton scrambling a lot? Is he going to have him try and air the ball out? I don't really know. Um, you know, I, I, I'd expect pretty big things from Cam Newton. Um, I like the Dolphins. They're definitely trending in the right direction. But uh, I think it's unwise to ever bet against Belichick. I, I still would have the Patriots winning the division this year. Um, over the Bills, too? I mean, the Bills have been looking I, good on paper. I know. Over the Bills. But I, I'm taking Belichick and Cam Newton over Doug McDermott and Josh Allen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just – I think Belichick, he's he's the greatest coach of all time. Cam Newton, if he's healthy, people forget how big of an issue this guy was. You think Lamar Jackson's unfair? You know, because whole – Cam Newton little... was even more because he, he, had, he had probably a stronger arm than Lamar Jackson, I would say. Um, he was around the same speed and wasn't particularly accurate, but they were both around the same area. Maybe give Cam Newton a little bit more of the edge. Yeah, I, I would give Cam, Cam a bit bit better of an arm, uh, probably a little more accurate, definitely stronger. I think Lamar is probably faster than him. But the thing is, Lamar is juking you in the open field, and maybe he gets you, maybe he doesn't. He's pretty shifty, tough to tackle, um, mm-hmm. but you can't get him. Cam Newton's not juking you. He's just trucking your middle linebacker because he's yeah. bigger. He's bigger and stronger than your middle linebacker. And what the Panthers did when they were 15-1, and one, and I imagine Belichick will do the same exact thing, Josh McDaniels will do the same exact thing, Yeah, you, you just – on the goal line, you snap the ball directly to Cam, you have 10 blockers. That means somebody in your secondary has to go one-on-one and try to make a tackle of Cam Newton. And good luck with that because he's 6'4". He's got humongous arms. Even if you get his body, he's just going to dunk the ball over top of you, and that's a touchdown. It's, mm-hmm. it's an absolute issue to stop. If he can stay healthy, um, not only do I think they win the division, they might they might be the, the one or two seed on the AFC. Really? You give them a first-round bo- They're still that good. Wow. I, I don't think they, they're that good. I, I mean, I think they're still – even if Cam Newton's healthy, I would give him a 10-6 record at best. I don't even know if they – I don't know if they win the division if Cam Newton stays healthy. Um especially with all the guys that have opted out on that team. And they, they lost Kyle Van Noy to these Dolphins last year. Um, yeah, not, not I, I, I think there's too many guy. question marks to say the Patriots are 
I mean, I don't even know if you're saying they're definitely um, division contenders. But I, I don't know. I don't think that they're I, – I don't really see many ways they could be a divisional contender. But it's Belichick, and you can never bet against Belichick. So and that's, I'm probably – I am like 95% going to be wrong uh, in three months' time. And both you and, and Pat Calgar, he's going to be yelling at us too. And we'll be letting you know because you bet against – Bill Belichick and the biggest freak of nature that maybe the NFL's seen in the past decade in Cam Newton. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but you won't be, you will not be in the minority. Uh, for whatever reason, we always love to get super excited. And I've been there um, when, you know, bad things come Belichick's way and we think that they're screwed. Uh, well, because everyone hates the Patriots. It's the, it's the Alabama effect all over again. It's the Duke effect. Everyone hates the teams that are dynasties. Exactly, exactly. And that's why you guys hate Russell Wilson, because all he does is win. Um, <laughs> hey, I like Russell Wilson. I pick him every year as my fantasy guy. Yeah, he's a great – he's going to be – he's going to have a great year. He might be the MVP this year. Um, but, yeah, so what, what was your pick for this game? Um, well, the six-and-a-half-point spread, I think that the – I think the Patriots win, but I don't think they cover. I think it's going to be 24-20. to 20. Uh, It'll barely go over the 42-and-a-half-point over. Uh, I, I just think that it, it'll be a close game. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be good enough to uh, lead the Dolphins to a come-behind win because that's what it will probably take. Um, but I think that with enough players out on the New England defense, Patrick Chun and Dante Hightower is most notable, uh, he'll at least be able to look like a competent quarterback, kind of like he has always looked, at least semi-competent. He'll look pretty good. I'll take the Patriots to cover. Uh, this would be one that I'm not particularly confident in, but I got it coming out to about 20 to 13. I think the Dolphins will struggle to get it in the end zone. Uh, probably have to sell for a few field goals. Uh, Fitzmagic always has some stuff up his sleeve to keep it somewhat close. Especially early on in the season. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think the Patriots, they've got a lot to prove. And, uh, yeah, I never would like to bet against an angry Belichick and an angry Patriots locker room. And, and they, they're certainly not going to be too pleased with how everybody's been talking about them this year. Yeah, I don't know. I just hate the Patriots so much that it's just it's just me convincing <laughs> myself. It's just me convincing myself that at some point it's going to be over. The nightmare is going to be over and convince myself that the Jets have a shot. But we all know that that's the wrong place to go. But honestly, I don't really are. care. And speaking of not really caring, the next game is going to be a game between the Eagles and a football team. The football team, yes. At the football the team. football team, not just a football team. The football the team. Football team. You see, that's, and, pretty, that's actually a pretty cool name. I feel like people kind really? of on it. If they originally – so you know how, like, the Browns is actually, like, that's a lame name. The Browns it's a dog. Is a stupid it's a name. A dog. Well, I thought they named it after Jim Brown, right? Or not Jim Brown. Well, um, they're – the coach, Paul Brown. Okay, but the logo is like, it, it's a dog. Yeah, it's a stupid name, right? It's just stupid. But yeah, yeah, it's stupid in general. Because it's been there since like the 40s or 30s, it's like so historic that everybody's like, ah, oh, yes, the Browns, that's classic. If the Redskins, sorry, if the if the football team had been the football team since like the 30s when they first made their team, Everybody would be like, oh, that's like that's pretty sick. Like the football <laughs> team, like, that's cool. But that, that's but, not the case though. So you can't but be yeah, saying but it's as not if the it case. was the case. It's the it's because they, you know, they got scared of, you know, for they don't want to get canceled, so they're like, oh, we'll be the football. 
yeah, with the, the whole canceled culture. But it's it's also mainly just Dan Snyder being a you know a petty old man, petty fifty five year old white man. Uh, that's why he calls it the football team. But anyways, what are your picks on this game? It's going to be. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Yeah, so there's not really the much. Players. Dan Snyder's not going to be on the field. Um, <laughs> He's but, not going to be on the field. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Haskins, first week one start. Big play slay on the Eagles. Uh, be honest with you, the Eagles only only being given or only getting six points uh, seems kind of minute. I would take. I bet the Eagles heavy. The the football team's a mess. Uh, Who's even playing running back for them? Does anybody know? Um, it's the the dude from the dude from Maryland. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Anthony, the dude from Maryland. Um, <laughs> whatever his name is, point, like Anthony. My point exactly. My point exactly. Right. <laughs> so we, I don't think anybody really knows. Uh, Eagles got all sorts of injuries. It doesn't matter. Carson Wentz could he, he handled this this football team um, <laughs> with uh, with his. <laughs> Happy cast of characters week 15. I'd imagine these same exact stuff happens this year, uh, this week. Antonio Gibson uh, from Maryland. Antonio Gibson. Or Memphis. Not, not even Maryland. I thought it was Maryland, uh, but it's Memphis. Whatever. He won't be on my team um, at any point <laughs> this year. Uh, I, I'd go Eagles. I, I like them this year. Super talented on paper. Same as the Cowboys. Uh, I'd give them 32-14. Eagles went big. Mm-hmm. I still think they're going to cover. Um, my biggest questions are just uh, with the receiving core. I know that they went out when they got Jalen Rager. Um, Alshon Jeffrey was hurt last year for the majority, or the second half of the season. Um, same thing with Sean Jackson. Jackson's going to be back, but Alshon just got taken off the PUP list this week, and he's probably not going to play. Jalen Rager's also doubtful with an upper body injury. So um, at least for the first couple of weeks of the year, the – Eagles receiving problems that they had last year might still come back. Um, luckily, the first week opponent is the Washington football team. Um, I think they'll win pretty handily. Um, I don't even think Washington's going to get 17 points. I think 14 is probably around the max that Washington will get. Um, I'll say 24-14 uh, It's my final answer. And before we move on, you brought up Deshaun Jackson. I think that's a big storyline, maybe the biggest storyline of the week. We got the anti-Semitic going up against the racist. <laughs> Isn't that something? That's, time slot. that's, that's probably the funniest thing. That's the game. That's a game right there. Um, so I'll take I'll take the anti-Semitics um, to cover. Uh, this podcast has gone pretty pretty south uh, in the last five minutes or so. Thanks, Hep. <laughs> I mean that's the that's the league nowadays. So just wait till we get to OBJ and the Browns. <laughs> oh yeah, we're just a couple games away from that. But these guys, um, yeah, these guys aren't PG anymore. No, they're not. But uh, before we get to the to the Browns game, let's at least get to, get to the Raiders and Panthers game. Uh, yeah. Just like most of the other games, there aren't going to be fans this game. And with Cam Newton officially gone, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the man in Carolina. And What's he going to do out there? I know that he hasn't played much for the past couple of years because he's had a lot of injury concerns, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is done yet. I've, I think that when he's healthy, he can be pretty reliable quarterback. Um, he's got in the league, probably. He what? Probably the best game manager in the league besides game Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you say? He's a game manager nice. now, yeah. No, he was he was good in Minnesota in fourteen and fifteen. When he's healthy, he's he's pretty good. Um, 
he's not in the best of situations. I mean, Carolina is going back into a rebuilding phase. I think he'll do decent. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders, that's a new one. I almost said Oakland, but I didn't. They are going to be in a pretty good situation in this game with Jerry Judy going up against Carolina's weak secondary. I think that's going to be a matchup to look out for. Vegas is our three-point favorites. I think that they handle it pretty well. I think it's going to be 21-14 is my guess. Now, 27-20 is going to be my guess. Okay. All right. They both got an extra touchdown in there. Um, yeah, they did both get an extra touchdown. <laughs> I, I thought 21 – I thought the first one was a little too low. Um, yeah, you know, it. Uh, you can't say enough good things about Ty Bridgewater. He By the way, is, I meant Henry Ruggs, not Jerry Judy. I'm a moron. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I, I caught that. Um, both very talented. Uh, Bama receivers. Teddy yeah, Bridgewater, very, he's a plus out there at QB. He's like the anti-Jameis Winston, you know. <laughs> Maybe he won't give you those touchdown numbers, but he's not going to do – he's not going to lose you the game. No. Teddy Bridgewater will not lose you the game. He might not win you it, but fourth quarter, two minutes left, if you have a lead, he's not going to do something stupid. Um. Well, well, wait, who knows what Jameis Winston's going to do this year um, when he gets in because he had eye surgery. So now he's going to be the greatest player of all time, right? He is feeling dangerous. You're right. And Breeze should watch his back. Yeah, yeah um, he's going to hop Breeze in the death chart. And he already said, if you look at the numbers, he is one of the greatest QBs of all time. So just, you know, do your research and <laughs> he's back it up. Exactly. So, stop hating on him just because he's a black man. Yes, yes. But I'm, I'm making it go south. You see, that's... You're lucky Stephen A. Smith's not on the show. But, um, but yeah, so I think, unfortunately for Teddy, uh, with this Panthers team, they're probably a year or two away from being in a spot where he's their guy. Um, they can't really game manage. They need somebody to go out there and win them the game. I like Derek Carr and the Raiders this week. I'll take them 24-20 to 20 to cover the spread. Yeah, it's going to be closer than – I know, like, like, I keep bringing it up. The Bears game, it's going to be closer than that, I think. Um, it's going to be real bad. I, when we'll we're going to we're going chalk on so many of these games. We're being really boring, but, like, it, it, it seems like a lot of these games are relatively one-sided. Even if There are a couple good ones, but um, they are pretty one-sided. But I think this next game, I might actually be interested in taking the – the underdogs and it's it's gonna be the Colts and the Jags and the Jags are home and they're gonna be lucky enough to have 17,000 fans in attendance that's quarter attendance and you know that's just about as many fans as they get in a normal game so no you know what say what you will the Jags the Jacksonville they love their Jags they do love they have good fans down there man they come out they support um I'm just playing you're you like you like the Jags in this game I do like the Jags in this game. I don't really know how Phillip Rivers is going to mend out in Indy. Um, T.Y., they have, they have receiving problems. T.Y. Hilton's their number one guy, but he really hasn't lived up to T.Y. Hilton for him in the first – he had in the first couple of years of his career for quite some time. Um, I'm a Minshew maniac, so I think I that's like also Minshew part too. of it. I love Minshew. Uh, um, not tanking. The only problem that I have with Jacksonville in this game is who's going to be the running back now that Leonard Fournette's gone. Um, is he? Yeah. He's going to yep. be the guy? I have, a, I have a claim in on the waiver wire right now. Goes through tomorrow. So Now, I, I don't know if he's going to step up, though. I don't. I, he's not the guy that Leonard Fournette was. He's not going to have that upside. Oh, he's not, he's not big like that. Yes, I agree. No, no. 
So, I mean, he, he might be serviceable, but that's going to be it at best. Um, the Colts did revamp their defense this year with DeForest Buckner and Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes is kind of a guy that's got more name value than actual value, though. Buckner is going to be a great pickup. But I, I actually do think that the Jags, being one of the few teams with a home crowd on their back and Gardner Minshew, got to love Minshew mania. I think that they're going to actually go out there. They're going to win this game. And they're going to win 27 to 24. You know what? I'll tell you what. I was not going to pick Jags, but you really – you sold me there. That was a great speech. I, I'll Just take saying Minshew Mania too. was enough to sell you. Minshew Mania with the fans out there. Um, you got Philip Rivers, Frank Reich. I think they'll figure it out, um, but I think it takes them a little bit of time. They've got a good bit of injuries. Burton's going to be out. I uh, would be surprised if Anthony Costanzo, the left tackle, played. Jack Doyle might be out. Um, could come down to Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Uh, Jags still have a decent defense. They lost a whole lot of guys, but they still have an okay defense. Uh, give me Minshew Mania in a very, very low-scoring game. I'll take it 20-17 to 17 Jags. 20-17 to 17 Jags. So we're finally picking on an underdog here. And it, it was a Yeah, that we're was... not disagreeing. So that's kind of that's, that's, that's kind of annoying. Yeah, but I guess I convinced you. So in a way, we were disagreeing for a bit. Um, India is eight-point favorites in this game. So even even if the Jags lose, I don't think that the, the Colts cover. Yeah, I don't think way. that the, the Colts go out there and smack the Jags in front yeah, of them. I would Yeah, ha- I would hammer. Even if you think the Jags are going to lose, which is definitely very reasonable, I would definitely hammer the, the under – or not the under. I would hammer the Jags on the spread this game yeah. better. But Give that's me. just me. So now here's the game we're all waiting for, the Browns and the Ravens. Pat, why don't you uh, take care of this one? Let's. Uh, I'll sit back and hear what you have to Is say. It on the storylines? Yeah, so on, I mean... Yeah, on whatever. So this is a huge game. Um, Frank, <laughs> our dear friend Frank, hates Lamar Jackson, hates the Ravens. Everything they stand for. Um, and they're going up against the Poopers over there in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, you know, Baker, he's going to be dishing the ball out. Big year for Baker and the boys. Uh, expectations are a little bit lower. The talent on the roster is still there. They have all the talent to be a playoff team. Uh, sure. I'd be definitely looking out for Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland Steamer, Odell Beckham. <laughs> um, how, will Marcus Peters, how will Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith match – and Mar- <laughs> rather Mar- Marlon Humphrey match up against them, two great man-to-man corners uh, against yeah, two sure. great route runners? Uh, that that's where I think this game is kind of made made or break. Um, interestingly enough, did you see the spread? Cleveland's gotten eight points. No, no. Um, I I, I mistyped that. It was the Ravens uh, have eight points. Okay, I was the Ravens like, are eight. What yeah, the yeah. heck is that about? Yeah, so <laughs> Ravens have eight points. That seems a little bit excessive. Um, I think the Ravens will regress a little bit this year too. I don't like it when teams go all in. Um. That, you know, that sort of pressure in the locker room is never good, especially there, there's reasons you can't have too many superstars in one locker room. Uh, they've got humongous egos. Uh, and I think, who was it? Was it the Ra- the Kwan Short? Was that who the Ravens went out and got? Clyus Campbell was who you're talking about. Clyus Campbell, rather, right? And I really like Clyus Campbell, under, underrated guy. You were talking about button heads in the locker room. Earl Thomas was the one that, that uh, was button Well, you already, you already saw that uh, – <laughs> But you already, you already saw that locker room kind of starting to fall apart. Um, 
it's just tough when you have that many guys in there. Um, that's that's tough. Uh, and if you have that sort of turmoil, all these games, it's all about who what team's going to be focused. You've had no practice. Um, I don't think the Ravens are particularly focused. Well, neither are the Browns. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> not. Clearly not. But I think the Browns, I actually like the way they responded. Odell wasn't getting sensitive about it. Um, I, For I, once in his life. I came to like Odell more from the poop controversy. He was joking <laughs> around about it. And, you know, the joke's really on all these meme pages because Odell, uh, he posted something. He's got supermodels joking about taking a poop on his chest after <laughs> sex, and we're just clowning him. So it was I'd rather so be in Odell's position. I'd rather be in Odell's position. And you know what? I'm going to take the Browns to win this game. This would be my upset of the week. The Browns um, to win. Wow. Browns Baker is going to come out. He's going to be he's going to be feeling it. Lamar Jackson, this is where people start to realize Lamar Jackson is not that great of a quarterback. If you force him to throw, you can beat the Ravens. I think Oh, I completely agree with that part. The blueprint is going to be out. Um commit on the run. Commit on the run. I hope Lamar Jackson's gotten better thrown over the offseason, but until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Uh give me the Browns by a score of 27 to 24. Wow. I wouldn't have thought anyone in their right mind would have picked the Browns um, in this game. But I, I, I'm not going to pick the Browns in this game. I don't think they're going to cover even. Baker Mayfield hasn't shown to me that he can be a consistent NFL quarterback. And he has probably the best receiving tandem over the past couple of years in OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Um, you can make an argument that Tampa Bay uh, had, that, had a better one last year. But he's had a fantastic receiving core around him, and he hasn't done anything with it. Uh, Nick Chubb is, an, is a nasty back. So is Kareem Hunt. They, yeah. They're going to do well in the run game. I don't think they're going to do well in the passing game, especially with, like you had mentioned, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey matching up against them all game. So that's where I think the offense is going to stagnate. As much as I agree with you that Lamar Jackson, once he gets red, is going to not be nearly as much of an MVP as he was last year, I still think the Browns' offense just isn't going to be enough to combat whatever the Ravens are going to put out there and match it. So I think that the Ravens are probably going to win, I would say, 30 to – I don't think it's going to be that close. I think it's going to be 30 to 17. I don't think the Browns' offense is going to be able to score that much. I think they're going to be out in a deficit pretty early and have to rely on a pass game, and I don't trust them in a pass game. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's fine. You're you're big on taking chalk, and um, that's why you have me on. So that there's exactly. There. So you could take one chalk game that I didn't. Yeah, exactly. or the other way around, one upset that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's All move right. on to the four o'clock slate. We're finally out of that big uh, non-game one o'clock slate. But uh, the first game at four o'clock, it's actually game at four or five, is gonna be the Chargers at the Bengals, and somehow. The Bengals were a team that were granted fans at the stadium. So they're going to have 6,000 fans. Um, but either way, even if this game was at the Chargers Stadium, there were going to be more Bengals fans anyways. So it doesn't really make that much of a difference. They could have yeah, played it anywhere. There were going to be more Bengals fans. Just <laughs> exactly. But um, this is going to be an interesting game. It's going to be Joe Burrow's NFL debut. He's going to be the, first, the only first-round quarterback to be making his debut this weekend um and aj green is finally going to be playing again he was out all last year and he looks like that he's going to be healthy enough to at least start the game we don't know if he's going to finish it he's probably going to get hurt at some point we don't know when but 
Um, it's going to be a difficult, difficult return, though, because the Chargers have one of the better secondaries in the league, uh, yeah, especially, out of, brutal. especially yeah. out of the cornerbacks. They got lucky that Derwin James is on the uh, DIR right now. Very lucky, yes. Very lucky, but it's still no easy matchup going against both CHJs, Chris Harris and Casey Hayward Jr. and Desmond King. Neither of those three guys are easy matchups. You don't want to um, throw out any of those guys. You don't want to throw it near any of those guys. But it's also the beginning of the Tyrod Taylor era in L.A. It's yes. And to see how long until Justin Herbert gets a shot. I think by week four, Herbert's going to be the starter. I don't know how long you're going to want to trust Tyrod for. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the only thing that I would be hesitant with is I do think that the Chargers have that sort of roster in place. I think Tyrod Taylor is the same kind of guy as uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, only difference, the Chargers have a much better supporting cast. I think mm-hmm. they win this game. I think that Joe Burrow is not going to look like the first overall pick. Uh, the windows, he's a really accurate quarterback, but the windows that you have to throw in, I think that's the biggest thing is, one, how quickly the game is as far as changing from college to the professional level. One, how quickly mm-hmm. those guys move around the field. And two, how tight those windows are to throw it in. You know, what's open in college is probably going to be an interception in the NFL, you know? Um, Especially with the three guys we just mentioned in a secondary, it only makes it worse. You know, you're not you're not throwing at some some corner uh, from Vandy who walked on. You know, <laughs> you're, you're throwing at three Pro Bowl caliber, all pro level corners. Um, I think you'll see him make a few ugly, ugly looking throws, and uh, in a game like this against a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who probably is not going to make those mistakes. That's why he's still in the league, is he doesn't make those mistakes. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the Chargers. I'll take them to win kind of big, 27 to 17. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that just uh, makes it even worse for the for the Bengals is back on the Chargers offensive end, uh, your favorite running back in the league, Austin Eckler, is going to be yeah. all by himself now. Good guy. <laughs> He's got a great charity, right? Yeah, good guy. Uh, anyways, in the four games that uh, Melvin Gordon – uh, was out. He was holding out during. He had 490 all-purpose yards and six total touchdowns. Eckler was looking fantastic those first four weeks. Then he took a step back when Melvin Gordon came back. But now he's a lone guy. Uh, I don't really think the Bengals match up very well against uh, just this team in general. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout as you say it is, but it's not going to be that close either. Um, I think 24 to 13 is going to be my final. Um, I well, said 27 17, I think. Was I did you? Uh, I, thought, I thought you said more. <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever it is. 24th. I thought you said something bigger, but whatever it is. 24 13 is my guess. Um, the Chargers will cover uh, the three point spread, and it'll be under the 43.5 point spread. Uh, these odds provided by Caesars, uh, by the way. Yep. Now, here is going to be my game of the week. Uh, I think this not is mine. This isn't yours? No, no, it's well, not. This is an interesting game, though. I'll definitely be tuning in. It's, it's the Bucs versus the Saints. Um, this is definitely the biggest storylines out of any games uh, in the year. Yeah. Uh, last year, the Saints won both games, uh, by the way. Not that anyone cares about that right now, because everyone is caring about Brady versus Gronk. Or Brady and Gronk. Brady versus Gronk. No, no, no. Not Brady that. versus Gronk. Brady in the and WWE Gronk. ring. 
Yeah, yeah, and then Belichick's going to be uh, the third guy that comes in. It's going to be a three-way fight. He's going to interfere, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's going to be a Brady and Gronk reunion. This time it's going to be in Tampa Bay instead of New England. And with Fournette in that backfield, too, it's just a crazy offense, even crazier than we were already talking about with Mike Evans. You have Gronk at the tight end position. You have a backfield with Fournette and Ronald Jones. Pretty good, uh, good backfield. But the Saints are the NFC South favorites. However, the, the Bucks probably have a better offense. Um, the Saints backfield has some questions right now, though. Kamara has both some injury concerns from the last couple of years, and he had the contract disputes, not contract disputes. I'm not sure if he's going to be, you know, taking as many carries as he would. Uh, the Saints are a three and a half point favorite, which I find pretty interesting. Yeah, everything about this game is kind of interesting, to be honest. Um, it's a tough game to pick. It's tough to pick the Bucks. If I were betting, I would stay as far away from the Bucks as possible for probably like five weeks. I just Until you I don't figure think out how really, everyone's looking in the offense. I, I don't think anybody really knows what kind of team they're going to be yet. Um, mm-hmm. The talent's there, but is it? Because I haven't seen Gronk play in two years, and I don't really know if Brady's arm is still as good as it is. Was it McDaniels telling him to not throw the ball down the field, or can he not throw it down the field anymore? Um, I lean It'll be towards, interesting. I lean towards I don't think he can really throw the ball down the field. Um, but Bruce Arians made it work back with the Cardinals when they had that super team of Carson Palmer. Um, so you got to figure Brady at a similar age is probably a little better than Carson Palmer. Um, and they should be pretty dangerous for net kind of, I think he'll fill that David Johnson role in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, just something that I don't think a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, but if I had Fournette in fantasy, I'd hold on to him. I think he's going to be really good once, uh, once they get him going, maybe not this first week. Um, be a couple weeks down the line. I'll take the Saints. Uh, they're they're right up there with the Chiefs for probably best team in the league on paper week one. Honestly, I picked them as my my best overall team. I think the Chiefs have a better offense, but the Saints have a far better defense. Yeah, and they got to go through the absolutely gauntlet of the NFC. Um, the yeah, Vikings that's the only are other thing. Any team the Chiefs played uh, outside of the 49ers, you know. Um, and they very well could have gone into Kansas City and beaten the Chiefs if, if they were in the AFC rather than the NFC. For sure. Uh, so I'll take the Saints to win this one. Uh, I think it'll be 31-21. to 21. I think this will be kind of a frustrating game for Brady. Uh, don't think it'll be a, you know, a sign of things to come. I think they'll figure it out in Tampa. But a lot of different moving parts. Like we said, no preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to come into play. Sean Payton and that OC have been there since 2011. Uh, Bruce Arians is working with, you know, new coaches in a pretty much a completely new team, it seems like. So a lot of moving parts to figure out for, for Tampa. And uh, I got the, the Saints winning. By the time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that you got the score pretty close. Uh, I think it's going to be 31-24. I think the Bucks can tack on an extra field goal there. Uh, I think the Saints win. I think they score a decent amount of points. But I think both teams definitely score over 20. And the Saints probably do get above the 30-point mark and look really good while doing it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Next game, this would be my game of the week, this next game. Um, NFC West, best division of football. I think yeah, the yeah. most exciting team this year is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray's probably my MVP pick. I think he's going to take a huge step forward. Um, with that added wild card team, I think they've got a real good shot to sneak into the wild card. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, this is where they can prove if they're for real or not. Right off the bat, they got to go to San Francisco and play the Niners. 
Um, they kept it close. It's something that people don't really realize. The Cardinals were a good team last year. They kept it close against the Niners and Seahawks every single time they played them. Um, those are two. Yeah, after know. after the 49ers went 7-0, and uh, it was week nine, and the Cardinals and 49ers faced off in a matchup. And it was a 28-25 final. Uh, Arizona actually brought it within three points with five minutes to play. They couldn't yeah. get a stop on defense, but that was when the 49ers were looking like the team – or they were the team to beat in the AFC, in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they still they still are the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to say they looked like it to, to bring them down in any way, but they were, they were 7-0 yeah. going into that game. Yeah, for sure. And, and they, were, they, were on, they were rolling. They were the team to beat in the NFL. Um, I don't think the Cardinals get it done here i think the 49ers they still got too much going on i think they do have a bit of a super bowl hangover um i don't see them winning that division i could even see them coming in third i could see the cardinals or the rams sneaking up ahead of them something really interesting to look out for i think brandon ayuk a wide receiver out of arizona state i think he might be the best rookie wide receiver the most complete receiver coming out of uh college he just has a magnificent route tree which is not that exciting to talk about, but he just he, <laughs> no, he's, it's he's not real. a flashy play. Yeah, but he he's just a pro ready wide receiver, I think. And I think when you're with a guy like Kyle Shanahan, the more routes you're able to run, uh, the more you're able to do for him, the more he'll be able to get you good targets. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll take the Niners to win this one. I think they pound a uh, pound the Cardinals down in a, a pretty high scoring one. I'll take it thirty four to thirty one Niners. Now, I am kind of more on the, the other side where I don't think it's going to be all that high scoring. Um, San Francisco had one of the better defenses last year. And right now, they're looking like they're not – I mean, even last year, they didn't pass the ball all that often. And we're looking at where Brandon Ayuk, like you said, he's got a hamstring injury. He's officially listed as questionable. Know, even if he sorry. plays – even if he plays, that's kind of something that you want to not worry that much about. You might want to just ease him into action. Not to mention he's in a rookie without an extended training camp, without preseason games. I don't think he'll have a great impact this week. Um, Debo Samuel is questionable with a foot injury. Uh, a little while ago, we thought he was going to be out for the first few weeks, if not the first few months uh, of the year. He's finally taken off the PUP list and looking like he could play. But even if he does, I don't expect him to Debo Samuel, who was last year. And even all that aside, the 49ers are never – or not never, but they haven't been for a couple of years now, a crazy pass-heavy team or anything, um, yeah. which kind of clashes with the way Arizona's going to be playing, especially if DeAndre Hopkins' hammy doesn't hurt him that much. Uh, if they're playing, they're going to be more of a pass-heavy kind of team. You have him, you have Christian Kirk, you have Kyler Murray, who obviously won offense rookie of the year last yeah. year. So it's going to be an interesting game in a sense. that It's just two completely clashing styles of offense, but – I don't know. I think that the 49ers defense is good enough to hold the Cardinals probably to 20, I would say. Um, I think that the 49ers kind of – I actually think that the Cardinals will win this game 20-17. to 17. I think that they just – they have too many questions on offense right now with the passing game. And I don't think their running game is necessarily good enough to make up for it. I think Raheem Mostert, as good as of a, of a year, as amazing of a playoff run as he had last year, yeah. we've only seen him have a handful of good games. I don't know if he can kind of prove himself to have – he doesn't prove himself in his career, which has been more than a couple of seasons now. 
be consistent as yeah. that guy. So I don't think that their offense is consistent enough. And with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, I think Arizona can pull off this upset in San Francisco or Santa Clara. And yeah, they don't play. Kind of make everyone far away. Kind of, I don't know. It's just surprise everyone. Put them on notice. Yeah, Put and that's notice, why you've yes. got the Seahawks winning the NFC West this year. Uh, that's exactly you. why. Nothing to do with you uh, threatening me to if I didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, with violence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another <laughs> NFC West game Sunday night, uh, or at least one team, Cowboys at Rams. Uh, the battle of the on-paper good teams and uh, disappointments last season. Yeah, the teams that are, were the most disappointed last year. Yeah, um, so they're going to battle it out, see which one of them is going to go ahead and, uh, you know, not disappoint their fan base this season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night game, uh, Chris Collinsworth is going to be real excited about it, I'm sure. He always is. Um, he always is. <laughs> no fans in attendance out in L.A., but it really doesn't matter. I don't think the Rams really have fans, to be honest. <laughs> Neither of the L.A. teams, right? They just really care about – USC about football, girls. That's they're really, not even good anymore. USC so. football, USC football, chicks and movies. And that's okay. It's a simple life. And the Anaheim Angels, but oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm keep telling yourself that. Yeah, we really, yeah, we don't have fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the spreads Dallas minus three, over under fifty one and a half. That's the uh, highest over under um, this week, rightfully so. Two high fire offenses. Yeah, um, pass heavy teams as well. Very pass heavy. Uh, I really like the Cowboys. They're, they're receiving uh, core this year. It's just off the charts. Yeah, top uh, three in the league. I'd make an argument for one. Yeah, I mean, you got Amari Cooper, Gallup, and then you add on the best wide receiver in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's How many guys are you going to call the best receiver in the draft? <laughs> <laughs> two. I've called two the best receiver in the draft now. <laughs> And uh, C.D. Lamb fans are going to be real upset about it. But I think Brandon, I hope that'd be my sleeper. But C.D. Lamb, uh, we've all seen what he does. Oklahoma, um, I was going to say Oklahoma's produced really good receivers, but maybe that's some uh, a sign of a bust is the last time Oklahoma had a really good receiver. I used to be Marquise Brown and C.D. or uh, and D.D. Westbrook, right? Yeah. Both um, reliable guys. Solid. Not, But they had the same hype that C.D. Lamb had, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not Marquise Brown, but uh, D.D. Westbrook definitely did. Um, Still a solid guy, but nothing like to write home about. Yeah, uh, but I'll take Dallas. Uh, I, I like the Cowboys this year. I think McCarthy's a much better coach than Jason Garrett. Um, I think Dak Prescott's a lot more coachable than Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I'll take the Cowboys in a high-scoring one, 34-28. to 28. I, I take the Cowboys, too. Um, I think it's going to be pretty high scoring, too. But I, I give them a bigger advantage. Uh, I give them a 37-27 advantage. I just think this offense, I mean, I said this during our fantasy football draft. People freaked out on me. But I think they're a top three offense in the league. They yeah. consistently they have a top three offensive line once again. Ezekiel Elliott's a top three back. I know everyone hates to say it, but Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. They have a top three receiving core as well. It, it's just... The offense is just its going to be too hard to stop. Yes, the loss of Byron Jones is going to hurt them, but I just that think that the, the Rams have a couple question marks in the, in the backfield, and even last year, Goff kind of had some issues. Uh, it, was, it wasn't the most consistent person in the world. Um, I mean, I'll let you know first. I'm kind of pissed at how he did in fantasy last year. I had him in fantasy um, after Drew Brees went down, 
And he turns the ball over quite a bit too. He had 16 He's picks not. last year. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I think that the Cowboys win this one pretty handily. Yeah. Okay. We both agree there. And that brings us to the last game of the week. No, there's two Monday night games. Two Monday night there's games. two? That's how oh, wow. the first two weeks usually are. Yeah. And unfortunately, ESPN's still getting um, the cover football games. I don't know when that stops. Um, yeah. It, so- it stops when I become the announcer. Really? Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So just like five years from now, I'll, we'll be fine then. Yeah, you'll be a young guy out there. You and um, <laughs> Booger, you and Booger. <laughs> yeah, me and Booger. Um, the and that's and big storyline. That's the big storyline for Monday night, right? Is Booger is not going to be in the booth. Yeah, finally, after however many years it was. It, it felt like a lot more years than it was. I think it was only one or two, but yeah. I think it was two, <laughs> but it felt, like, it felt like six. <laughs> Tragic. Um, they, they're, neither of the games, I guess the second game, Monday night's kind of enticing. I think the first one, Steelers-Giants, I, I'm, I'm going to brush over this one because I, I don't think this is going to be a pretty one to watch. Yeah, there's not much I want to talk about it either. Um, Steelers have one of the best defenses in the league. Giants yeah. have inconsistent offensive work, and their defense hasn't been looking great since 2016 or so. Yeah. Um, when they made the playoffs, I, yeah. Yeah, when they made the playoffs. Um, which the next year, by the way, the Giants were probably the most disappointing team in 2017. They were hyped as Super Bowl possibility Super Bowl contenders. They Anytime they have a decent roster, a New York team's hyped as a Super Bowl contender. So. Yeah, right. But th- their defense was good at the time, but then now it's not. Um, Xavier McKinney is on the IR now with a foot injury. That doesn't help them. Um, I think that it's probably, it's not going to be close. I think the, the Steelers win in double digits, 27-14. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go even bigger. I'll go, I'll go 24 to 10. I actually give me twenty four to six. The Giants just aren't going to be able to score. Uh, that Steelers defense is no joke. Um, Big Ben, I don't think he really regresses at all. He's still a pretty solid QB. Mm-hmm. At least we know that that Saquon Barkley is good for about one big play a game, so he'll have that. And then and the Giants fans, and then Giants play. fans will be freaking out about how good he is. And then we'll maybe Daniel Jones will complete a pass, and that would be <laughs> complete a pass to what like Darius Slayton or something. Yeah, yeah, Evan Ingram, you know. Evan Ingram. For the fans at home. Um, I'll let you take the last game. You'll let me take the last game? Okay, well, we're going to have the job. Tennessee Titans going into Denver and facing the Broncos, and it's going to be Drew Locke's first week one appearance. Um, he, Joe Flacco was starting last year out there, and now Drew Locke gets a chance to have a pretty good offense around him. Uh, you have Corland Sutton and Jerry Judy out there. I got it right this time. I didn't say – Henry Ruggs instead of Judy or the other way around. So I'm mm-hmm. proud of myself with that. Uh, then they signed Melvin Gordon with the backfield that already had Philip Lindsay. He's got Noah Fant in his tight end position. He's got a pretty good team. However, the defense had taken two big losses. The most notable one prior today was going to be Chris Harris Jr. And then about an hour or two before we uh, started recording this podcast, Von Miller got injured in practice. Yeah. And now he's out for the year. Um, the line is even on this one. That was prior to Von Miller's injury announcement. Um, I'm interested to see if that gets changed. Uh, Tennessee is now a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, so okay. going off of that line, who would you take? I'm still rocking with the Broncos. I like the Titans. I really respect what they did last year. Um, but I still really am not sold on them. I think they just got hot. 
kind of rode that Derrick Henry train. Uh, Derrick Henry really isn't all that impressive typically um, for the first he time. He breaks weeks tackles of the season. like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, but the first 10 weeks of the season, he, he normally goes into ghost mode. Uh, Broncos, super exciting young offense, super exciting team. Big Drew Locke fan, real likable guy. Um, so I'll take the Broncos to win this one. It's an upset. Uh, I'll, I'll take them 24 to 20. Yeah, I think it'll be a close game. I don't think it's going to be relatively high scoring. Uh, I would give the Broncos a 20 to 16 advantage. Um, it, it could really go either way. But I think that the Broncos have a better offense, and that's ultimately what's going to win it uh, for them. But it's still going to be pretty low scoring just because it's mile high. It's hard to play offense out there anyways. And a lot of these guys are new guys on the Broncos team who have to learn to adjust into the offense. Mm-hmm. And another thing, and that's a big point to bring up. Uh, I don't know the exact stat, but the Broncos in the first few weeks of the season playing at high, um, that altitude really does make an impact. Guys aren't in as good a shape as they need to be, um, and you don't get as much oxygen up there. So it's something that uh, normally plays to their advantage. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'd say that, you know, that's kind of one of the quirky things about the start of the NFL season is the Broncos typically win at home. Yeah, it is. So that just about wraps up for this version of the weekly recap. It's the week one recap. It's got a few pretty good games, not as good as when we get into the middle of the season. Uh, there are definitely a few games I would want to stay away from uh, on the betting odds, but there are definitely also a couple ones out there that are some pretty easy picks to take, but that just about wraps it up. Thank you so much for coming on, Hep, and I'm sure we'll see Love you. It. This is a good, this is a good use of my tees. I, I don't do anything. I need, I need to fill up my nights. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, well, we'll have you coming on twice a week. We got the recaps and the previews every week, and you're going to be on all of them. So we look forward to having you on more. And for everyone still listening, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Subscribe, of course. Share it with your friends and leave a review for us. That's about all. Take care. This has been the Double Say Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Double Say Sports to be notified every time the podcast goes live.